Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher Buzz Lobeck. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. This is the fourth day of the week in God's created order. Wednesday, November the 8th, 2023rd year of our Lord. And we begin this morning with George Will, oh, George Witten of WorthyNews.com. And George writes this morning, he says, Friends, be fruitful in spite of your circumstances. Matthew seven seventeen to 20. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a corrupt tree bears evil fruit. A good tree cannot produce evil fruit, nor a corrupt tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and cast into the fire. So then, you will know them by their fruit. In Israel, it's amazing how many trees are being planted all the time. In fact, the green line that you hear about so very much in the news isn't an actual drawn borderline, but it is a visible line you can only see from the air. It's where Israel Israelis stop planting trees. Now, suppose I want to plant a fig tree. Would I go searching for lemon seeds? Of course not. And even if I planted a fig tree next to a lemon tree, it would still only produce figs. So much So no matter how close it was planted to the lemon tree. So in our lives, though we may be surrounded by the sourness, even planted by a lemon grove, we are fig trees. And the sweetness of our fruit will remain because we were planted by the Lord himself to produce good fruit under all conditions. There is no question that if we are planted in him, the good fruit will bear will come forth in both good and bad times. Life is filled with ups and downs, unforeseen circumstances that send our lives in strange loops we weren't expecting. Nevertheless, we were fashioned to be fruit bearers unconditionally. You may say, George, you don't understand. You don't have no idea what's happening in my life right now. You're right, I don't. But I do know The Lord who laid down his life unconditionally for you and that he did it so that he could abide in you and you in him. Guess what for? Friends, if life is overwhelming you, then it's time to reach down deep and draw nourishment from the root of our lives. Yeshua, the Messiah, the sap of his life will produce much good fruit, despite the lemons. Your family in the Lord with much agape love, George, Batrevka, Obadiah, and Lena, and this is another fine day in the Lord. And let's turn to our gracious Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you. Your grace, your mercy, and it's another day, another day to serve thee, another day of growth, another day to fix our compass of our souls to that direction, to where one day we were, we are going to be absent from the body and face to face with thee. 
May we stand, may we approach the throne of grace boldly, knowing that we've run, ran a good fight and fought a good, uh, ran a good, uh, fought a good fight, and ran a good race. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you, um, equip us to face each day, strengthen our resolve in the, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Oh, okay. We come from the subject of prayer. We're going to come back to what we've left off in the past of the first and the last in our journey. And we know here that the Lord is, is advanced. Uh, the, 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 the timetable is, is speeding up and not, not change, but speeding up. You're getting closer. You know, when you get closer to your destination, things start speeding up. And the events here are speeding up as the Lord is, is coming closer to that, that, um, that day of victory, that day when he's going to reach across. I, you know, I wonder, just saying that, I wonder how much days seem to be speeding up now. Certainly the eschatological uh, events, the, uh, or the, the prophetical events, we see at least the, the stage being set in the day, and it's coming quick. It's coming quick. It's coming quicker than the news can report it. And uh, as in Revelation says, these things uh, will soon pass. I and mean, this is what the Lord said, that things, these things that soon will pass, and soon means quickly. Once they start unfolding, they're coming quickly. So let's go, uh, we start this morning and we're, we won't be here long and we're just going to touch on a verse that we're going to continue to expound on, but there's a few things I want to catch up on and make clear. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire his laborers for this, for his vineyard. And he's talking, he's got his close disciples here. He, this is one on one. Um, cl- even coming closer to the cross, he's bringing his disciples in. He's giving them a, uh, these disciples are the ones that are going to lay the foundations of the church. These are going to be his apostles. And so he's the sent out ones. So he's equipping them. He's giving them, you might say, inside knowledge. That which is going to be taught to the church later on to us. We, we've, we're receiving this information now and, that we are privy to to this uh, through the teaching of the Holy Spirit, which is a great thing. Um, in this, by this time, Jesus uh, is on a journey to cross the kingdom that was offered to the Jews. That that kingdom message, you know, the king, the message that John the Baptist preached, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As Jesus began his ministry with, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. At that, uh, prior to Matthew 13, the, the, uh, the message of the kingdom was, was clearly laid out. The Sermon on the Mount was a message of the kingdom, and it was spoken in plain language, language that they could clearly understand. But then when it comes to Matthew 13, and uh, beginning with the parable of the sower of the seed, this kind of confused the disciples because they didn't under he didn't under they didn't understand why all of a sudden Jesus began to speak in parables. And notice this also from that point on, there's no more mention of the kingdom is at hand. No, 
that kingdom, the kingdom promise or the kingdom message, let's just say the kingdom message, has been temporarily suspended. It was no longer, um, it was no longer freely laid out for them. But what Jesus taught was in parables. Um, essentially for those who are seeking, those who are asking, those who are knocking, um, that they may discover that. But they, they, uh, but the, the information about that kingdom had gone uh, deeper to, to the understanding. So by the closing of Matthew 12, Jesus had stopped speaking plainly about the subject of this kingdom. Um, the kingdom of heaven is an eschatological theocratic kingdom. It is a kingdom ruled by heavenly principles, by a heavenly king. And that earthly rule is Christ. And Christ over his people. Where the nations of the world, first of all, that it, it's a, it has geographical boundaries. That kingdom is not the world. The kingdom is a geographical boundaries that George laid out when he visited here. And it's interesting because those boundaries stretch out into the Mediterranean Sea, if you remember. And he said that in, in that time, there's going to be a geographical shift, a change. Um, mountains are going to be lowered. Water's going to be lowered. There's, there's going to be a landmass, a bigger landmass. And so, but that kingdom is laid out in um, Ezekiel. Uh, and the, the the structure of it in that kingdom, and that's where Jesus is going to rule from. And it's going to be other nations. It's going to be other nations within this world, and they're going to be paying homage to the kingdom of Israel. The kingdom was not and is not offered to Gentile believers. Many churches um, in their concept of replacement theology and though they don't come right out and say it, and they give, they give Israel, some of them give Israel an honorable mention. Others remember that when, when at least, at least in my view, and I, I think Becca and I spoke about this the other day. When, when we started out and we're studying, we're looking at everything in light of how this applies to us. And Israel was just. Often the back, and they were obscure people with the obscure doctrines and obscure. They're they're really out of focus. That shouldn't be. The center of the the center of all eschatology is Israel. When I say Israel, eschatology, I'm talking about last things. And so the kingdom wasn't offered to Gentile believers, and it is not now. The kingdom is not. Wait for it. The kingdom is not offered to the church. The church is not going to be here um, through at least through throughout the tribulation. They they are going to be taken, and Israel is going to be left to to um, to complete the eschatological or the prophetical uh, the prophetical that is to come. And so, though in the time to come, now the Gentiles. There is prophecy centered around. When you look over, go back to the the um, goat and the sheep judgments, the goat and sheep judgments, and Gentiles do come into play there. 
for those Gentiles that have have um, reached out to the Jews, that they they have become believers, and as believers, and and we're talking about during the tribulation, and as believers, that they reached out to the um, to the Jewish nation, they've they became friends, and they've they've hid, they've visited, they've fed, they've clothed, and that and we'll get to that when we get to Matthew twenty five. So notice that in Matthew 13, that Jesus speaks of parables which regard the kingdom, leaving his Jewish audience guessing to what most part what Jesus was speaking about, but withholding the explanation of what these parables, they, they, it was all, the kingdom had become veiled to them. No longer was he extending a clear message to them, um, about what the kingdom what the kingdom was. And once again, it's been temporarily removed off the table. And coming into chapter 20, we have studied about the rich young ruler. And we'll go back and look at that um, in Matthew 19, uh, 27 to 30. Left that up for a little while, didn't we? Then Peter said to him, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. What then will it be for us? And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, that you who have followed me in the regeneration, uh, let's see, that regeneration is, um, yeah, regener- um, genomai, to become, to take place, um, and that would be polygenomai, See ya. When the when the Son of Man will sit on His glorious throne, you also will sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers and sisters, or father and mother, or children, or farms for my sake, will receive many times as much, and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. That brings us up to chapter 20, where we're going to begin. I don't think we'll get back to it today. Um, so coming back to the subject, throughout the Bible, we find the reality, reality, God's reality, being played out throughout all of Scripture. And what is that? It is the principle a very important principle of the 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 last being first, the first being last, and the last being first. Um, early, we we mentioned this before. Early in the patriarch, in in the life of the patriarchs, it would be the younger, or it would be the elder that would serve the younger. That that in the the younger being the one who takes on the rights of primogeniture. The one that's the prominent one, usually the eldest one in society, the eldest one would be the 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 first born, physically born, would be the one who take on the inheritance, the double portion of the inheritance, the leadership of the family, and all that. But in God's program, it would be the first, it, or it would be the the last one born would be the first one. Um, well, you can see that with Isaac. Over Ishmael 
Ishmael was the first one born, but Isaac was the one that would lead, would, that would receive the right of primogeniture. Jacob, the second one born over Esau. Judah, over his firstborn brother, Reuben. Young David, and over his brothers. Uh, he would be, and David, uh, yeah, no, another thing about David, when we read the Psalms of David, how much did he suffer? He became the lowest of the low. But there's coming a resurrection that David is going to be sitting on the throne that he's going to be exalted in in this kingdom. So we see we also see it with the angels. Uh, the angels were the uh, were the um first ones on the scene. Angels were here for however long prior to man coming upon the scene. We know this in Job thirty eight four. Job thirty eight four. Where were you when I laid the foundation this is the Lord speaking foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who has set the measurements since you know? Who stretched out the line in it? Talking about the creation. On what were the bases sunk? Or who laid the cornerstone when the morning stars sang together? And all the sons of God shouted for joy. See these these angels were prior before so these angels were the first these angels were the first ones to be on the scene. And as far as in the view of angels, what is man? Um, in Hebrews, it tells us, what is man that we that he should be considered cre- being created lower than the angels? And yet, um, yet there's going to be a prominent place for man. See, in the order of creation, in, in the order of being, you have animals, you have man, you have angels. But there's coming a time when man is going to leave his his second place and be moved up to first place. First Corinthians six three. Do not do you do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the matters of life? In Paul's letter to to the Corinthian church. So, and of course, the ladder of success in the spiritual realm isn't climbing up to exaltation. It's going down into humility with anticipation of the exaltation and God's good pleasure. In time, we are being humbled. Just as Christ was. Here's Christ also, the first and the last. When Jesus came, he went to the very depth he went to he became the lowest of the low he left his exalted throne and he became to become a man and not only a man he wasn't born in a palace he was born on the other side of tracks he was born to impoverished parents he was born um he grew up to be a homeless person you ever thought you're going down the street and you see a homeless person on the side of the road you know, a, a beggar, and you're sitting there thinking, well, Jesus wasn't much more higher status than that. That um, he, had, um, he, and he went lower than that because he died as a criminal, naked. He had he uh, everything taken away from him, including that his his own modesty, as as he as it was a custom to to die naked on a cross. 
He lost. He he subjected himself to the lowest of the low. And he's going to be exalted to the highest of the highs. So the 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 least the the principle of the last shall be first for us. And there's application for us. The injustices that we we face, the indignities that we have to go through. Um, even and you know as as. As people will argue and say that God's not fair, that when 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 other people are when other people are being blessed and and it just seems like we don't get a break. I've heard, heard that a number of times that God doesn't give me a break. And sometimes the God, the Lord will pull the rug out from under you and bring you to the lowest of the low, in order that He can bring you to the highest of the high. To bring you into humility. So the ladders of success isn't straight up a ladder. But it's down. And then in God's timing. And by God's good pleasure. That he brings us back up. Jesus was not the first one type in life. And neither and neither are we. See we are. Um, as the. Uh, with the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the meek. And um, so the promise that Jesus makes to his Jewish disciples illustrates the, the kingdom, that the kingdom of heaven, though it is temporarily suspended, it has been taken away. Don't get me wrong. Don't, it has been taken away from, from, uh, from Israel. Nor has it been given to the church or the Gentile people, it is still that which is promised to them. But it's temporarily suspended because they had rejected it. The the leadership of Israel had rejected it, and therefore it has been put on the back burner. And um, Matthew thirty, so Matthew twenty three thirty nine. This is what we have on here. For I say to you, from now on. You will not see me until I say blessed, or until you say blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. There is coming a time when the scales are going to fall off. The eyes of is the that the Lord is going to open up their hearts. Is and this is going to be not when the church is here. This is going to be when, when. Um, when they recognize this is going to be after the abomination of desolation. It's going to be after they, they recognize that this guy is not the Christ. And then, then the, the scales are going to fall off and they're going to recognize who their Messiah truly is and who the one, and they're going to mourn because they're going to recognize. And it's at that point that the table is going to be set for the kingdom, and the kingdom is going to be brought back into a, a a offer that they are going to then receive. So it will be the twelve minus Judas, the twelve disciples minus Judas, and then later on added to the ranks, which is Paul, that will rule over the tribes of Israel. Yes, those that had been persecuted 
the disciples will be brought to the lowest of the low themselves. They will pick up their crosses and they will also follow the Lord. And all of them except for John will be persecuted. John will have his own persecution, but all of them will be killed. Their lives will be taken except for John. And um, they will be brought, but yet in the resurrection they will be brought back and they're going to be given their their um, their seats. They're going to be given their thrones. So here's a promise of Jesus. They are going to they are going to be exalted. But they had gone. But you read about them through Acts, um, there, uh, and you go, historically you know that they had died. But yet, yet in that glorious kingdom, they are going to be exalted. So the least becoming the first. So the doctrine of the kingdom was no longer taught to the crowds. Jesus continued to teach the disciples. The very teaching will give them a personal sense of destiny. And it's going to. Not only was the, re- see, the, the resurrection of Christ brought back all these promises and the kingdom, and the kingdom doctrine, which they understood, is going to be a personal sense of destiny that on, for you and I as a church, our blessings are in heaven. We are a heavenly people. Our, our, our treasures are not laid up upon this earth, which means that the kingdom is not our promise, but we're laying up our treasures in heaven, a heavenly people. I guess that, uh, so there's a personal sense of destiny to the disciples and the kingdom to come. It's not our, ours is looking forward to to the our, our hope is the return of Christ or leaving the body actually being absent in the body and face to face with Christ. I guess one thing that we need to understand is the three categories of people, three categories of what do you call Homo sapiens. Let's look at this. Okay, three categories of human beings. First category is the goy. And these are the Gentiles. Abraham was a Gentile. At one point, that was all there was, was Gentiles. They were the goy. And maybe, maybe there wasn't even a category. Sometimes they were called peoples or nations. So there was always peoples, there were always nations, but there was just one class of people, the goy. And these are... And these are the Gentiles and um, the non-Jews. The second class of people are the Jews. These are the Abraham's seed, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, a covenant people, the children of God, children in a sense that the nation came into being by his direct hand. We see that in Isaiah, I believe, Isaiah 45. I barad you, I... Uh, or bara, he used God used the word bara as I created you, something that something that apart from God it wouldn't have come into creation, but God created this people for His own good pleasure. This is why they're called the children of God, children in the sense that the nation came into being by the direct hand of God. These are God's chosen people from the first. Coming into creation to right now. 
and onward. It, with all this anti-Semitism in this world and that, that, that Israel, even from churches, mind you, even from churches that will dismiss the, the, the Jewish people, do they, do they not realize how miraculous even this nation is? No other nation has rose up with an intact language in the area which God had promised, bringing that land from a dead land into... I can go on and on and on. How can people not recognize that these are truly God's people? So God has a plan. And again... These are, this is the centerpiece of the people. And though the, and this is the, this is the principle, though the kingdom of heaven has been temporarily suspended for them, that kingdom is still offered, will be offered to them and given to them in the future. That is still on the table. Okay, so we got Three categories of people, the Gentiles, which is peoples and the nations of the world, the Goy, the Jews, and the Jewish mind, there are Jews and everybody else. And that's basically a definition at one point. So they are the covenant people of God. And thirdly, there is the church. The church is the latecomer. The church is um, the spiritual family of God, the royal family of God. The church is the bride of Christ. And we were talking before about the first and the last. The church is the latecomer. But it's the first one types. Whereas Israel is the children of God. The church is the royal family of God. Which do you, which would you rather be? The children of God with promises, with this earthly promise and this earth which is going to be passed away with with fire, or would you rather be a family of God? The church is, is, is no, and this is what it means in scripture, that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, all of that has been prepared for those who love God. And that is the royal family of God. And we have been blessed far more, far wider, higher, more in depth than, than, um, than the the children of Israel, far more, and um, so our our the blessings that come to us as royal family of God will be is staggering, and so while the inheritance uh, of the kingdom of heaven is is directly for the Jews, we are going to be ruling with Christ in that kingdom. As his bride, we're coming back as the Lord's bride back as coming back into that. That's what we are looking for for too. All right. So again, the last will be first. So confusion often comes and has come to be for so long and and it will continue to be until when we look at the passages and the, the parables and the things that... Let's look at it like this. Because there's been much confusion with me. And I hope that... 
I, I've made it clear in my own heart. I hope that, you know, the Spirit, you know, I pray that the Spirit will communicate it, um, this message to you because, you know, there's, there's so much about it. Confusion came along when we tried to melt the mystery doctrine of the church age with the eschatological doctrines that's related to Israel. The parable of the kingdom, uh, the, these parables that's related to the kingdom are doctrines that, that the, must be learned and must be understood in the light and through the eyes of the Israelites. Understand, we, we try to take these, and some of these by principle we can relate to as a church. But for the most part, it is what it is the the Jewish people. That's that's who the message was for. Because case in point, the veil has not been ripped yet. The mystery doctrine is still the mystery doctrine of the church. When did, did when did that take place? That and it, it the church age does not come until. 50 days after the resurrection on the day of Pentecost. And so all of this is, is in view of how the Israelite sees it. And the church age, the mystery doctrine doesn't open up. It, so this is not taught in the light of the mystery doctrine. This And there are some places in there that, that hints to that coming of that new age. But even when it talks about this generation and this age, it's not talking about the church age. The church age is a mystery doctrine. All of these are related to the kingdom, the kingdom to come, the kingdom that focus upon what the, the Israelites are focused upon. And now what the Lord, what the, you know, so I tell you what, let's, let's look at Acts on here just I don't think I brought this up. This is the this is the disciples questioning the questioning the Lord after his resurrection. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, "Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to the world, to the Gentiles, to the church? No, none of these. You are restoring the kingdom to Israel." And he said, it is not for you to know the times and the epics which the Father has fixed by his authority. Let's go ahead and remember what our task is or the apostles' task is in Matthew 28. The Great Commission. And we are to, uh, which, okay, see, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying this, once again, this is after the resurrection. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the uh, nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." Does it say anything in here about building a kingdom, to establish a kingdom that, to establish a kingdom that the Lord did not, 
did not establish himself. The kingdom is going to be established by that. And these things that are taught, that what the disciples are going to be teaching, they're going to be teaching to uh, the early church with the Jews, and they are going to be looking, they are going to be anticipating the coming of the kingdom. But even to this day, they can continue to, to anticipate. We can look at world events, and we should look at world events, by the unfolding of the the eschatological eschatological message, the the study of the last things in light of how they were taught to the Jews, because things are coming together, and that's um, and that's what we review. Where is where is the Gentiles? Where is the church? Or where is the the um, United States of America during the study of last things? Uh, that's the wrong question where Israel is and what's happening over there because Israel is the centerpiece of all the things that's getting ready to happen and continue, that are happening and continues to happen. Um, and these days, where I'm really looking forward to uh, any day that are after happening. Um, if that's the, if I can say that. Um, but nonetheless, at some point the church will be taken and and certainly at that point, there's going to be down to two people groups. It's going to be the gent. It's going to be the Gentiles and Israel, <laughs> basically Israel and everybody else. While the church is going to be taken up, up into heavens to be with our Lord forever. Um, so until okay uh, today, that ends us for today. Tomorrow we will continue. Uh, not tomorrow. But th- uh, Friday will continue. Remember, we have, is it? Yeah, tomorrow we don't have class in the morning um, for anticipation of our evening service. Evening service will continue on with our study in Hebrews. And um, if you're in the neighborhood, always invite us to stop by for that. Father in heaven, thank you for this day. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you continue to open up our eyes to the truth of your Bible. Uh, let us um, dispel the confusion of trying to mix the church, the promises for the church and with the promise of Israel. May we stop trying to horn in on the blessings that are on Israel. That's their blessing. But look forward to the blessing of, of, of our blessing, the royal family of God, as we would store up our treasures in heaven. And I pray, Heavenly Father, for the Spirit to continue to teach us these things, these deep things that um, that are so important to be able to properly discern and divide the word of truth. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Another fine day of the Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Until tomorrow, uh, Lord willing, Spirit God, we'll be back here. Thank you for joining us. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.